Hello, welcome to another episode of Raise the Curve. In this particular episode, I would like to go ahead and talk about the first week or first couple weeks of the semester as uh, you all prepare for that. Uh, it is currently in the beginning uh, parts of the semester where I am at, so this seems very applicable to me and hopefully to my listeners that listen around this particular time. It doesn't really, some of the topics I'm gonna present don't necessarily have to apply to the first of the semester. They can be integrated at various points. So two things. Number one is how to discuss and continue to implement elements of your syllabus. A lot of times the syllabus is <clears throat> talked about either on the first day or the second day of class, or there's a syllabus quiz uh, or an overview video in some form or fashion, an instructor is going to talk about that. Now in K through 12 settings, that's probably still gonna be applicable uh, in the sense that the new students coming in for that for that semester or that half of the year or that start of the year, uh, those elements will be addressed. One of the key things that I have learned, uh, and let's see here, I think her name is Sandra McGuire. She has a book called Teach Students How to Learn. Uh, and she's got quite a bit of research and she's done a lot of research herself. But um, one of the things that she focuses on that I have found really interesting and I am attempting to integrate uh, here and there as much as I can is actually talking to the students about the learning objectives for the course. Uh, and maybe even state level learning objectives. A lot of times we, we have those in our syllabi, but we either kind of pass them over or we assume that the students are understanding what they mean. And Sandra goes into some detail about why discussing those with your students assists with the learning process or at least the expectations of what they're going to be doing and the outcomes that they'll be achieving throughout the course. And really breaking that down, what does identify mean? What does apply mean? What does synthesize mean? What does describe? Whatever terms you're using within your learning objectives, it's important to explain what those mean and then how they are connected to those specific learning objectives. And then of course, you could continue to do that as you unfold chapter, unit, or weekly learning objectives saying, okay, you know, here we have identify again. This is how this will be assessed. This is what's going on there. Um, I think that's pretty important to communicate to students because really it is what uh, they will be expected to to show or or confirm <laughs> learning wise uh, that they have achieved uh, those particular objectives. So I think that that's something very, very important to at least try to integrate in some way within your within your course and, and do specifically talk about those at the beginning of the semester. And then, of course, if you can continue to do those, bring them up, explain what they mean, where they come from, whether you're doing face-to-face -face or online. I think that's important to talk about. The next thing has to do with changing things up. A lot of times as teachers, we, we want to change things up 
uh, for, for whatever reason. And either we don't or we don't do, we do too much. So there's kind of two polar opposites here. Um, you know, we're busy folks and a lot of times uh, we may ch want to, but don't make any changes to whether it be lecture material, particular assignments, instructions, videos, trying to stay current um, because we don't have the time time to do that. Um, you know, the semester kind of comes, school year comes fast and furious and we, we end up having good intentions, but other things will take priority. I would suggest still doing some minor change that kind of helps with teacher burnout, which is which is fairly common <laughs> in the sense that we sort of just kind of go through the motions. Um, I don't really mean like, oh, gosh, we're just zombies teaching. But I mean, we get so used to how our lectures are, how our lessons plans are delivered, how these assignments go. We give these assignments and these lessons and these lectures every semester, uh, several times. And it's easy for an individual to to kind of be, now I don't want to say robotic because I don't want folks to get the wrong impression, but we kind of go through it as if, hey, this is the 15th time that I've taught this. And this, but the students, this is the first time that they're hearing that. So sometimes changing something small within a lecture or a lesson plan or module allows us to, to kind of come in and, and get a little bit of a fresher look at what we're doing, but to also um, feel like, hey, you know, we're a little excited about it. Hey, I'm going to try this new thing. I want to see how this works. Be prepared that sometimes when you try new things, you know, it's a little choppy at first. It's not sitting on you very well. Maybe it's a little funky with the students. But again, it's worth it to, to try to, to incorporate new things. Now, the opposite of that is when you implement, maybe when you implement too much. And I often find in my own practice that I tend to be really gung-ho in the beginning Lots of new things, lots of stuff going on, whether it be my online courses or my face-to-face -face classes, and I'm trying all these new things and I'm shifting all this stuff up. And while that's exciting, it can burn me out a little faster. So starting small, I think, is pretty important um, because you can kind of sprinkle that smallness throughout the whole semester <laughs> or the whole school year. But also what I have also experienced as a student myself is that an instructor will be big in the beginning and they'll be they'll be involved in the discussions. Um, they'll be doing all these cool things. But then, of course, um, we tend to fall back into our usual kind of practice and habits. And then then we kind of peter out on that and we just go back to kind of the smooth sailing ride. And that miscommunicates to the students what your actual intentions in the course are. So I would suggest that sprinkle it, start small, sprinkle it throughout the semester, do one little thing, shift it up, and then maybe if you find that you're getting a little bogged down with your other with your other responsibilities, take a break for a little bit, and then reintroduce a, a, you know, a couple of weeks, a month later, a, a new kind of shift for you, or that you're incorporating yourself in the discussion a little bit more after a couple of weeks. Plus it keeps the students guessing a little bit, like, oh, okay, um, they're not showering me with a ton of stuff, 
stuff first and then kind of petering out, they're sprinkling it here and there because you don't, you also don't want to be the one who's dominating all the discussions either and the one who is controlling everything. You, you want to give your students an opportunity to be involved, uh, to have that collaboration, not just with you, but with themselves and with other classmates too. I think that's really important as well. Uh, you know, the other, the last little thing I'll leave with for this more of a shorter one, I just wanted to get something out to you all because I know it's the beginning of, of, the, of, the, of the semester and or the beginning of the second half of the school year um, is to just try to remember that this is a lot for students to, you know, many of them, uh, you know, they're, they're learning a lot about multiple classes, not just your own. And to the first couple weeks to sort of set the, set the habits early, the habits that you want them to do, whether it be reading more on a continuous basis, um, and you could be quizzing them on that in whatever form you want to do that in. Um, it could be that you check in with them. Uh, again, however you want to do that, check in, you know, how are you doing? Look, you know, what's going on? How, how are you faring in your other classes? And recognize that this is a lot and it takes them a couple weeks to kind of sit into their own little pocket as well. Um, and then throwing out some suggestions for them because many of them, they have learning strategies or study strategies or time management strategies that maybe really aren't, they think they are effective, but they're, but they're really not. I'm getting ready to actually um, start something new that I've been wanting to do for a while, which is to ask my students through this reflective sort of questionnaire about you know, what worked for them in other classes, what didn't work uh, when they reflect back on previous, on a, the class that they just had or classes that they've had in the past, uh, you know, which ones did they do well in, which ones didn't they, what were the differences, if they could go back and change something uh, or modify something uh, about their approach to the course, what would they have done? And then, how are they, how, what steps can they take to make those changes that they realize? A lot of students report that they wouldn't have procrastinated. <laughs> that's pretty common. And then maybe that's an open uh, opportunity for you to discuss, well, what, what things w will you implement right now, today, tomorrow, that would help you to minimize procrastination? Anyways, I hope that the start of your semester, the second half, start of the second half of your school year uh, hitches off uh, splendidly uh, and hopefully I'll be able to roll out a couple more episodes here over the next couple of weeks for you. But until then, have a wonderful rest of your day.